0: We're going to head to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you're in your Bible and you want to follow along, and, and Brent will get it up there in a few minutes, but that's where we're headed. But the resurrection happened like over 2,000 years ago, and you know, why is that important? Huh? I don't know about you, but when I study it, it's like I come up with more questions than answers, and again, if you come to me for answers, you know me well enough already. I don't have a lot of answers. I have to go to the Scripture and other places to get those answers, Right? But I got questions, and, I, and again, why is the resurrection so important after so long a time has passed, and you're all here celebrating that here today, we set aside, it's kind of the, you know, Christmas and Easter, the two biggest holidays that we celebrate, right? It's uh, the C&E crowd, it's usually when most people celebrate, uh, we usually get dressed up a little bit better, some of us, and uh, PJ took care of that for me this morning, so you can thank her. Um, I probably still smell a little bit smoky, but that was this morning. Uh, that was a great time this morning of fellowship, and thank you for all that came and uh, Tony for allowing us to, to use his waterfront and the fire and the girls singing. It was a special time. But what about the resurrection? Is it important? And is it important to you? I mean, it was important back then, and certainly it was important to the apostles um, who ended up staking their lives to it. And so we're going to learn. So hopefully you got this morning about what is the resurrection And why is it so important? So hopefully you've got there, and ah, they're so good. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 on. It says, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel. I preach to you which you received, on which you have taken your stand. By the gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word, I preach to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. For what I receive, I pass on to you of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. Let's stop right there real quick. But Paul says of first importance, not second, not third, of first importance. And again, you got to remember who Paul is, right? Paul is that, that one that's been schooled. He's the one that spent all that time in training on the Judas laws, on, the, on all the, the scriptures and all that. And he doesn't say the law is the most important, right? Doesn't even talk about all the teaching. He's not talking about the temple or the church or anything else. What's of first importance? Jesus and the fact that he died on the cross for our sins. He makes that very clear. It's our sins that put Jesus on the cross. But it doesn't stop there, right? There's more to that story, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, all along according to the Scriptures. Again, it wasn't by chance. It's not something that just happened randomly. It was part of God's plan way back from the beginning because we needed that, that Savior. But the resurrection is is third in this, but it's the key part to this. And Paul expounds on that because, guess what? Some in the Corinthian church at that time had kind of gotten away from it. You know, some 20 years later, this letter was written and people were starting to question, was the resurrection real? Did it still have relevance? Was it still important? And it does. It has great importance, especially for us that believe. Let's go on a little bit further. Again, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. Okay, here's a bonus for you that we're here this morning, right? It's pretty important. I mean, I'm talking about this morning, as far as early this morning, yeah, down 6:30 down by the water, right? We talked about Peter, right? Peter's restoration, the relationship. So it was vitally important to Peter that he got to see Jesus again. Again. He gets his marching orders, right? We looked at that this morning. He changes from going back from fishing to fishing for men. In fact, he says, follow me. And he says he sends him out from that point on, feed my sheep. Peter becomes a great evangelist from that point on, just like Paul does to the Gentiles later on. So Peter is vitally important. Peter needed to see, and Peter certainly testified to the fact that he'd seen the risen Lord. This So it's Jesus again resurrected. So after Peter, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom were still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. And Paul inserts himself in here as well. But over 500, it wasn't just a figment of someone's imagination. It wasn't someone that was a, a thought maybe they'd seen a ghost or a sign. I don't know how many of you have read the, the book by Lee Strobel. That's one more current. There's some other folks as well, but um, The Case for Christ, right? And he actually takes a look at that and he goes back and trying to, as an unbeliever, trying to prove that the Bible is false and that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And there's all these theories that run amok and they're still out there, believe it or not. There's some people that still try to scientifically figure out how someone could survive the crucifixion and maybe they weren't really buried and maybe the body was really taken and that Jesus really didn't rise from the dead. But guess what? Even in Lee Strobel and even for us, we know it to be true. And 500 people is... It's a pretty good witness, right? If you were a a, a police officer and you could have 500 witnesses to a crime, right? You'd have a pretty strong case. It would take, take a really, really good lawyer or a really corrupt judge in order to let someone off on that, to disprove that. So we have these witnesses. We have it recorded in scripture that Jesus appeared. He was raised from the dead. Paul goes on about himself. He says, for I'm the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Don't miss that, right? Paul was struck by the grace of God. It wasn't by his work. It wasn't by his knowledge, nothing that he did, but purely by the grace of God. Paul knew who he was. And Paul was continually, I think, struggling with maintaining, keeping humble, but he gets it many in his letters. He says, hey, I don't even deserve to be here, but God's chosen to use me. Video, I didn't plan it, but, you know, my elders are really good at keeping me humble. You got to see that video of me up there trying to dance. And again, that's about as much as you get. You saw it was mostly hands and not a lot of feet because I'm not that coordinated. I can't put it all together. It It just doesn't work. It's more like a dancing bear or something, but... But it's true, keeping humble is important, especially when we're speaking about God. And and Paul realized that, and he's he's amazed by the grace of God, and how God's grace upon his life. Remember, Paul did about as much a 180-degree turn as anyone could ever do. And again, salvation does that to us. But back to the resurrection. Verse 12, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead... How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And you could just camp out there and just think about that for a moment, right? If there's no resurrection, if Jesus can't raise from the dead, then there's no reason, there's really no reason for us to be here this morning. There's no reason to celebrate there's no reason to have that hope if there's no resurrection. It says our, our faith is useless. You realize how important the resurrection is? Again, it, it hinges upon that. It separates us from any t- other type of res- religion or faith. The resurrection is key to our faith. It's our hope. It's our hope of, of a better time, a better life. A life in Christ. For Brent's uncle, it's a hope of something beyond this, beyond the cancer. It's important to our lives because sometimes we forget. We struggle with things of life. Sometimes we need that reminder. This is not all there is. This is only temporal. It's only here for a while. I know I need that encouragement, and I'm sure you do at times as well. And if that's not enough, Paul continues on, again, in his his style of writing to make the argument, to make the case. Verse 15, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we've testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he did not raise him, in fact, the dead are not raised... For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Oh, what a place to be trapped, huh? Trapped in our sins, right? If there's no resurrection, we can never get out of it. Again, say, say you don't believe in the resurrection, but you believe that your eternal life, you're stuck. There's no hope. Resurrection is that hope that we're not going to have to continually deal with sin and death and destruction. That should excite you at least a little bit. Verse 18. Then those who have also fallen asleep. And again, fallen asleep here in the, the context is just a nice way of saying those who have died already. But that's what the fallen asleep means. They're, they're just not here, they're not with us no longer. In Christ they are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so as in Christ we all be made alive. Again, from the beginning of time, right? Sin entered the world through Adam and, and there's been death ever since. But we are alive in Christ. We are eternal beings. We have the hope through the resurrection. Puts it all that puts it all into place and kind of pulls it all in together. Our lives are based in Christ who makes us alive. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God to the fathers after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. Verse 25. For he must reign until he puts his enemies under his feet. The last enemy will be destroyed by death. For he has put everything under his feet. And when he says says everything that has been put under his feet, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he had done this, then the Son humbles himself and will be made subject to him. And he, he does this argument here about putting everything under him and, and Christ and God. Again, the order of things, right? And we, we even sung that song this morning. I appreciate Ryan picking that out. The three in one kind of sets that up. God, the Father, and Son, the three in one. But they're all, they're all equal. They just have different roles. I'm not going to get in trying to explain the Trinity this morning because that's a, a tough subject. But, I mean, it does in the simplest form. That's what he's saying. Then he gets back to the argument. Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I die every day. I mean that, brothers, just as surely as glory over you in Christ Jesus our Lord, it is fought with wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons. What have I gained if the dead are not raised? Therefore, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Right? If Really, if there is no resurrection and if there is no hope, then why bother? Why don't we just enjoy life as it is right now, right? Just eat, drink. In fact, the older versions say, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. It was a common saying in that day, right? Why bother? Well, why bother is because we know as believers, we do have that hope, and it does matter how we live our lives. It certainly mattered to these early church fathers. Paul's alluding to it, but if you look at the life, church history of the apostles they died horrible deaths. John's the only one that escaped with old age, but I'm not so sure that that was even a great life to live. If you look at Paul's life, he was in prison many times. He had been beaten. I mean, uh, John, I'm sorry, martyred. martyr. Did I say John? I'm not sure if I said John. But John's the one that, that kind of comes through. But the rest of them were all martyred, horrifically. And they were constantly facing the threat of death. So did it mean something to them? Did the resurrection mean something to them? Yeah, certainly. Resurrection meant a lot to them. It meant their lives. Again, resurrection should mean something in our lives as well. We should live differently in light of the resurrection. I'm just going to round out the last of this here and, and then pull this together. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought to and stop sinning for those are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to shame you, right? Paul's encouraging them, hey, you need to stop sinning. You're not living your life in light of what Jesus has done anymore. You're not living as though it matters to God. Again, it's a source of encouragement. It's a it's a striving to be more and more like Christ because it does matter. It matters if we share the gospel or not. So, Brett and I we're, were we're praying about that. And again, family is probably one of the toughest. It really is because we have a relationship. We have to risk something to share with our family quite often. A stranger on the street, it's not as difficult. We we don't have a relationship with them, so we can kind of just dole it out and and hope that it sticks and. But again, that it still takes some effort, but family is tough. But if we care about that person, if we care about that family member, and, and we do believe that there is a heaven and a hell, then it matters. And it should be important. And again, how we live is part of that testimony, a changed life. Again, because of the resurrection. Goes on here with the question. And Again, I don't have time this morning, nor do I want to take time to work all the way through this, but I would encourage you this week to, to read the rest of chapter 15. But so let me give you a little bit more here as, as Paul makes this, this continuing argument about how important the resurrection is. He says, Someone may ask you, How are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. But God gives you a body that he has determined, and to each of you, each kind, he will send and gives his own body. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh, and animals have another. Birds another, fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and the heavenly bodies is the one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. Again, he goes on basically to say the body that we have now is dying and that we're going to get a new body. As I'm getting older and, and moving along in life a little bit, guess what? This body is groaning, it's making aches and pains, and it hurts sometimes. There's things that just plain hurt I don't know how this is, but I don't know about you this morning, but when I woke up, I had pains this morning, just getting out of bed. And I did nothing in my sleep other than sleep. But as I'm getting older, it's groaning. It's starting to die off piece by piece. Sometimes it gets accelerated through diseases and illnesses and other things. But again, the hope of the resurrection is, guess what? I'm gonna get a new body. I'm gonna get a body that actually can dance. You know, That's pretty cool. (laughs) That probably is good for a lot of you, but no, but it's so true. We're going to have a body that's not going to be corrupted by sin. We're going to have a body that's not affected by this world. There's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, there's no more tears. So the resurrection is vitally important to that. And again, it should give you encouragement. Guess what? We get a new body, we get to spend eternity with Jesus Christ as believers, all because we believe that God died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried and that he rose again, which was predicted in the scriptures. So I just want to encourage you today that there is more to this world than what we see. There is hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I just want to encourage you with that this morning. So just bow with me quickly, please, as the praise team comes up and closes us in song and worship. And appreciate you being here this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the work on the cross that you did for us. Lord, we do thank you for the resurrection that we are celebrating here today. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Lord, that this is not all there is. That our faith is not futile. Our faith matters to you and how we live our lives. Lord, help us to share that with others who do not know you. And Lord, may we look forward to that day ahead when that you raise us with you. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.